Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. It's a beautiful day. I woke up, you woke up alive. I don't take for granted that I, I, I woke up this morning. Every day I wake up, I give thanks to the Lord that he wants me alive. He is keeping you alive, not just to go to work or to have your popcorn or whatever it is. No, you don't have popcorn for breakfast. That's for dinner. What do you have for breakfast? Whatever you have, you're not born to just eat, work, and die. Every day you wake up, there's got to be an overtaking of your, whatever the other things are that you're caught up in, and there's got to be a, a compelling cause. I live for a cause. I'm alive because I want to serve God and His purpose. His kingdom must come. I must save everybody. Anything that's, that walks, two legs, four legs, no legs, I want to save it. And I want to baptize it. And then I want to put it into my, my church and my army. And I want to now then bring the kingdom of God into this world. I, I, I mean business. The only thing that matters is Jesus Christ. The only thing that really matters in your life is Jesus Christ. When we get on the other side, a lot of things that you're thinking and caring about here has no value there. And believe you me, I've been there for a, a while. And uh, what we value here is not valued there. So... It's going to be a good day, and I am so glad I got another meeting with you. Um, you may, maybe, all depends how we go. I want to talk about something that I started last week. Um, it was called killing, killing Your Giants. Killing My Giants. And uh, obviously, I'm talking about, yes, David and killing Goliath, and, but there was also uh, Joshua and the children of Israel's whole challenge by God to enter the good land on the other side of the river, on the other side of the giants that were guarding their possession, their land and their goods and their new life were giants. Isn't it funny how somehow God knew that he, where they were going, he knew what he wanted to give to them, but he knew also that the giants were there. And it's interesting, he says, go to the good land, flows of milk and honey, I have already given it to you before they even decide the strategy to enter it. They, they, he, they, he leaves giants there. Same with David. There's a giant to kill. Yes, there is. And there are giants to kill in your life. Yep. Most times, people don't really want to kill giants. They want to pray giants away. Ah. Fast giants away. Go to church giants away. Get the pastor to get the giants away. There are a lot of tactics that we've used in Pentecostalism and forget about the established churches. <laughs> I say that respectfully, but right now there are too many giants still living in your land. There are too many giants in Hastings. There are too many in Napier. You know, the East Coast, it's due for a revival, a restoration. It's, it's due for something to happen. And our country of New Zealand is begging. It's begging for harvesters. And now it's not the problem with laborers because I got a, I got a movement of laborers. And what we found out in your town up the road there in Napier, there are a lot of people who are willing to go to a public hall in the middle of a city, hear four men's uh, story of their life and in quite a horrific parts of their life, now restored to Christ, barely over a year, most of them, giving testimony of what Christ done in their life and turned them around. That place was probably three or four times the size of this gathering here today, and people actually publicly got out of their seats and came forward wanting, wanting a part of this. So there's a spiritual hunger. 
There are people in your neighbourhoods, people in your workplaces, people out there now that are waiting for you to tell them about Christ. They want to be told. They don't want church that they had thought that they had imagined the church could be. They don't want to meet the Christian that the media is hyped up and given the wrong impression about. They want to meet somebody that's authentic, somebody that's real. Somebody, see, everybody's got a story. You've got a story. Your story can change somebody else's life. You don't have to be a drug dealer in the past and hurt people and been violent or whatever. You could have been raised in a nice family. That's a story. There are not many nice families anymore. I think there is. It's just that they're hiding their secrets. Anyway, whatever, however you look at it, I, I want to just uh, read you a couple of passages of Scripture. And um, I'll just sort of carry on because uh, you won't know the first part of the series of Killing Your Giants. But we had a great uh, time in the first uh, couple of messages. Of this. So I'll pick up some things here and kind of just talk them through. So I want to go to the book of uh, 1 Samuel 17. Uh, yeah, that's David and Goliath. Just take this. I, I, um, you're familiar with the story, or most of us about David killing Goliath, that giant. Um, but I want, to, I want to extract something that is not talked about a lot. Um, it's read so many times by preachers and preached probably the most preached story and passage of Scripture in the, in the whole of the Bible. But um, there's something I want to, Holy Spirit's really moved me on. I've got to get it out. Look, I don't apologize. It happens to be in Hastings City, Bay City. You see the pastors look up. <laughs> what? Just it's how it is. It's not my fault. It's God's. <laughs> Talk to him. All right, well, let's catch it up. David left the supplies, verse 22, in the hand of the supply keeper, and he ran. Mm, love that running. Never mind walking to the thing. Don't dawdle towards your destiny. Get some pace on to what you want to go to. That's the problem because a lot of you get distracted and you're easily derailed when you're only dawdling or just walking, if barely that, toward your destiny, your future. But when you've got a compelling cause in your life, you really want to do more than just stay in the four walls and build a paradise in here. You've got to get outside the four walls. And that's where our real, real work is. That's the mahi right out there in this end. So you start to run towards something that actually totally consumes you. You can tell I'm consumed. I'm not even starting slowly. This is how I am. I can't help it because I'm consumed with the cause. It's a matter of which track I take today. But I'm consumed with what God has got me born for. And when I see thousands of people around me also consumed, I realize a basic principle, Pastor, that if the leader is on fire, <laughs> come on. If your leader's on fire, if he's going to be out there charging and leading the way, then usually the soldiers are going to get up and follow him. They're going to take on what he does. If he charges the enemy with fire in his eyes and his bayonet on the end of his gun, and he's ready to plunge it into the heart of the enemy, then his followers will do the same thing. Even when they are afraid and they're scared of what they're going into. But if somebody leads them who has fire in his belly, then the rest will do the same thing. It is just as simple as that. <laughs> Come follow me. First words of Jesus. When he steps out of his carpentry role, or the, the son of a carpenter, he comes now with a message. Don't forget, they don't know he's God in skin. 
underneath that skin and the hair and the eyes is God himself. They don't know. They just think he's Jesus of Nazareth. The first thing he does is he starts recruiting others for his cause. And he says, come follow me and I will make you. All it needs for, for somebody to stand up and say to the others, come follow me. Then some wet blanket religious person says, only Jesus, you follow Jesus, don't you? Well, you tell me if you can see Jesus right now. Where is he? If you want to follow Jesus, tell me, point to him. And you might say, well, you know, he's all around. But, but somebody who's new doesn't know that. Your children don't know God yet until they see him through daddy and mummy. That's the best representatives. The best way to pass God on, and God himself knew it better than anybody, was that you shall pass the Lord your God on to your children and your children's children, and they shall know all the ways of their God through the fathers. And so they call it my father's God. Tell your neighbor, my father's God. Do your children know the, father, the God of their father and their mother? See, Hannah talked about the generations that we have here. And five generations, that's pretty good. I, I think that's, I can do, you know, a little bit of gloating. As Paul says these times that I, I need a skite. And this is one that the church should be celebrating is, I had five generations of my family, and it wasn't like that way back when I got saved in 1979. And I was 21, work it out. Anyway, you can, you can, you can understand this, that, that one of the things that was so compelling in my life at that time is that I wanted to turn the fortunes of my children and my grandchildren's future around. I did not want them caught up in all of the uh, bloodline iniquities. I didn't want the curses, whether it was bodily, physically, spiritually, mentally, psychologically, emotionally, and any other type of shun. I didn't want them to get that demon or those things, those sicknesses that we fail to deal with in our time. You've got to kill your problems right now. You've got to confront your issues right now. I'm talking to daddies and mummies here. Daddy, you've got you to clean your house up. You've got to get it right, not just for you, but for your children and for your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. They are relying on you getting it right so they don't have... They've got enough demons to fight in their own time without having to have daddy's demons and granddaddy's demons and grandma's demons. Dear God, that's why we can't... That's why our prisons are overflowing. That's why they were come short of declaring in Northland last week, politicians are hiding a lot from you. But it's good I got my secret agents in there. <laughs> the big one is the Holy Ghost, but I got some people. Keep it real. I got contacts. They were that close to declaring Northland as a social crisis happening. The P epidemic. Believe it or not, that's killing families, blowing their brains out. It's causing crime. It's causing disaster in, in amongst the, 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 the whanau, the people there. And it's breaking down any chance of people even getting to them because they're so fried. The, the devil does not fight clean. He's been a dirty punk, a dirty sod from day dot. 
He killed Jesus, your Lord. How dare you cuddle up to the world? How dare you even be casual in your approach to Christianity? They are killing our children. They are killing our future. They are killing the church. They are killing business. They're robbing us cold. Demons of, I mean, I've got to say this, I hate this whole fact, but they're smart and they're game up. They realize now they can't keep doing the, the type of possessions that they've done in Jesus' day. Now they, they've, they've, they've realigned themselves. They've, they use tactics now that the, the church who has not moved on is totally absent-minded about it. Old ways of delivering people. Thinking that it's got to happen the same way all the time. The only way you save souls is they come to the, the altar. At the, people are not coming to your church anymore. Sorry to disappoint you. You'll get the odd one, but they ain't going to come to your church. You won't shift the wall in this church. You won't add more seats after this. And this is great to see this, but too many empty seats in churches for years. I'm going to get tough on this. I'm coming to you a little bit tough first, and we'll have some happy laughing later. Right? But right now, I've got to tell you some bare facts. It ain't happening. People are not crossing that bridge. Go to church. They're not going to church. Because of whatever the reason that they've heard about you, heard about us, heard about church, heard about religion. And the media's done the worst number on us. Trying to make us defunct, trying to make us totally irrelevant. Unacceptable about their their changing evil ways. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is, we're our own worst enemy. Because we get stuck in a rut. And we can't move because we just see from here back into our history. And we don't find our revelation in our history. We find revelation in our destiny. Religion is the Bible read without revelation. I ain't here to read you the Bible. I'm here to give you light. Something in you is going to spark, jump in your spirit. Your mind's going to work. Your emotions will enter into it. And you're going to start thinking, hey, that's right, that's right. What are we doing? I've been given this life, and I'm just working my career. I'm just raising my own family. I'm just coming to church and then departing and having a few sessions. No, that doesn't work anymore. Demons know that well. So they've counted it. Actually, it's not what I'm preaching about. Where did I start? Where did I go from? Came out of the word run. (laughs) Run to win. Only winners are grinners, you say? Let me tell you this, too many people are losing. They're losing the fight. Losing the will to get up and go again after disappointment and disappointment and setback and setback and let down and let down. Sometimes we've got good in the church, I'll just deal with this first, at actually convincing ourselves very, very thoroughly that actually we're doing okay and we just got to keep believing. Sometimes we're, we're put in a wishbone where there should be backbone. We don't intend on doing it, but we've made up these religious type of uh, resume 
that says that this is what we've got to keep doing, we keep doing this. If, if the prayer's not working, first thing I do is dismantle that prayer meeting or change the prayer. Or dare I even go close to offending you, don't pray anymore. <laughs> then just start doing. Jesus works backward but forward. Everything that he began to do and teach. He did first, and they said, now can you teach about that? The church teaches first, then try and gets us to do it. The book of Acts. Everything he began to do and teach. Jesus just did, and then everybody wrote books about it. We just do, and let everybody write the news about us. Tell your neighbor, start doing something. Tell them, start doing, start doing, start doing. Push them, push them, run, say run, say run to your neighbor. Time to run, run, run. Yeah, hallelujah. Come on, I want 10 seconds of happy, great praise. Yes, sir. Woo! Run, run, run to the battle. Okay. Oh, I said 10 seconds, not an hour. All right, hallelujah. Mm, this is awesome. Look at this now. Where was he? He ran. He drops, he drops his job, <laughs> his secular, and now he's running to his destiny. Yeah. Never mind the cheeseburgers, but he has to take them. He leaves the sheep, grabs the cheeseburgers. He's going to the battlefield. He runs to the battlefield, and there's a, the, uh, the, uh, the armies of the Philistine. He spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing? More importantly, who? Actually, I'll try to get to my message. Who are you listening to? Half the reason why we can't do because we're not hearing right. How can you run to the right place and to the right thing if you haven't first of all heard. Most of what David's gonna do next came because he heard the enemy. He was enlightened to what the enemy's work was going on in Hastings, in Napier, in Auckland, in Hamilton, in New Zealand. I got, I, I've got to be ahead of not just leading my people, I gotta be ahead of the, of the devil, the enemy, so I can see because sometimes he's wiser than the church. Demons said to Jesus, we know who you are. And the fellows that were living with him for a while didn't even know who he was. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to listen to Goliath yelling than it is to a chicken king and your brothers behind you. Hey, you chickens! Hey, hey, so-called God's army. He bellowed for 40 days. Can you believe it? How, how, so you can't blame me preaching like this. 40 days, the old monster was going, who's going to fight me? Who's going to fight me? <laughs> Here's so-called God's army, the elite SAS squad with God himself training them, their fingers for battle and their weapons for warfare. Chickens <laughs> on the thing there, doing their little hoopla and praising God and rocking to and fro in their four walls. And 
In the meantime, the monster's bellowing, who's gonna fight me? <laughs> he was smiling while he's doing it because he knew the fight had gone out of the army of Israel. He knew that nobody wanted to fight anymore on God's side. He knew now that no church taught about fighting for what you believe. Fight for your blessing. Fight for your future. Oh, the giant knew more than the church people. Who's going to fight me? And nobody stood up because nobody's talking about it. Ah, you got some monster screaming at you in your face? That's why David heard. And that's what stirred inside of his heart. Who is this, this mongrel, uncircumcised, doesn't know God, and you guys know God, and nobody's fighting him? You gotta be hearing the right sound. You gotta be hearing somebody that's telling you about the fight that's up ahead. Because if you don't know this, they're gonna tell you. Otherwise, you, you begin to, to realize that you've been domesticated. A part of the, the, the docile Christian community, they forget that, that Jesus says in the New Testament, the apostle says to, to the sons, as I said last night, he said, he said, son, you know, what you hear from me, your apostle, your man of God, pass on to faithful men. Then he says, the next verse is, then be ye soldiers of Christ. And he who enlisted you, don't get entangled. Soldiers don't get entangled with worldly possessions. Sons must be soldiers. There is a soldier in you. There is something that wants to, only soldiers can fight for the blessing. Only soldiers get the rewards. It's only soldiers who will stand and won't run in the face of the enemy. They weren't soldiers on the uh, bank there that day with Saul. They weren't soldiers, they were slaves. They weren't soldiers, they were slaves. They were slaves to their own fumes of religion. Just because God is with us, so-called, and not with the Philistines, that God is our God, that you can actually lull yourself into this religious experience. Oh, we got God, and there's sinners out there. And we start to believe that false prophecy. Not realizing that the only way that Goliath was going to move was not by prayer. Not by declarations. Not by getting all the churches together in town and having a, having a meeting in the middle of the city and singing some worship songs. The only way that the giant was going to go was to kill him. I want you as a church, my people know this, you should keep quiet. I want Bay City Church to say this will. Kill. kill. Say, kill. kill. Now I'll say this, and you don't need to say it, but I'm going to say this. You need some kills under your belt. You need some kills. Kill. Listen, God doesn't save you out of hell's kitchen just to keep you all tied up and Christianized. Come on. And I'm going to add this broke, busted, and disgusted. I'll get to that one in a minute. 
You hear what I'm saying? He doesn't get you saved to just sit in a church and get Christianized. He gets you to kill. <laughs> Is this a church? And somebody's saying something. Is this a church? You know, what did you bring me to? I brought you to the killing fields. <laughs> Come on. There's some giants that have been on your children's lives. There's some giants that have been blocking your prosperity. There's some giants that have been blocking your progress. There's some giants, pastors, that are in the way of where you need to go. There are giants over this town. There are giants over this place. This region needs some killers. I want to hear that there's some giant killers in here today. Are there any giant killers out there right now I'm talking to? Come on, you are a giant killer. Giants are not there to kill you. The giants are there so you can kill it. Yeah. Oh. Thing is, <laughs> the, the problem with this is, and it's it's rife. We see the big problem: the prisons and and the the drugs and. The, Divorce rates and the family breakdown, the greed, the greed that's in those for money. Worst animal in the zoo, chasing money or money. But money is also good because we need it. But still, why are you chasing it? Minding my own business is not Christianity. Your business is to get into everybody else's business. Well, I made it mine, and you all see where it got mine, me. Ten years in the media, I was on the front page, probably every second Herald that came out. I was on One News. I only had to cough, and they had reporters come around my place. And I used to think, well, who else was like this? And I, I came up quickly with another guy who did all this stuff, and he got into trouble, and in the end, he got killed. <laughs> You think Jesus, I think oh, Martin Luther King was another person. There's a whole lot of them got killed for their faith. Heaps of them got burnt at the stake. The early Christian Nero was the ruler, Roman ruler. They come to house to house, Roman soldiers, and said, if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, then we hang you on a stake, tip oil on you, and set you alight. It's the worst pain you can feel. Oh, believe me. I guarantee a lot of Christians dropped their guts and said, no, I'm not one of them. And even explain it later, Lord, you notice the little wee claws that I put there? One of them. <laughs> what? Do you bring in Brian Tamaki here? <laughs> Look, enough. <laughs> he ran and, and he, he heard, have you seen now? The enemy, this man. Try and, if they can't mess you up by somebody talking in your ear wrong, you've got to be careful who you listen to. Yeah. Amazes me how easy you listen to somebody and believe them. And yes, a hard time believing Pastor Dave when he's preaching. <laughs> Not him. It says that those who, who bring the word of God to you, obey them. Uh, Hebrews 30 says, obey them. So not only should you be hearing my word, you should be obeying what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. You do believe in the Bible. You should obey me. Preacher. 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 Feels good. Feels good. 
are you like this all the time? You just, no, no, yeah, I am. That's what I do. The truth sets us free. Obey. So if I call my men, they come. The ones that don't, there's a really good reason. Very good reason. <laughs> I don't need to. They happily come. Just when they see me walk, go somewhere. We're on a nationwide tour. Call a tour to Judy. We're cleaning up the towns and the cities of our country. We're cleaning, up, we're cleaning up the areas of darkness that have been held in captivity for years and years and years. We're going to them. We're not asking them to come to us. We're going to them. That bridge for them to come across to us has long been burned by them, so we have to go and get them. We have to go to where they are. So, have you seen them? Look at this. Have you seen him? And uh, he's come out to defy Israel. And he says, and it shall be, this is what happens, the man who kills. There you go. <laughs> Say kill. kill. I just want to get something militancy in here. <laughs> just, just, you know, I know that for us, we, it's, it's, I don't mean murder people. Just better clarify it. Don't, you know, go home and strangle the missus or... <laughs> or I should say it the other way around, the missus strangles you. <laughs> Which would be more correct, eh, ladies? Can I hear some ladies? Oh, dear me. What you been doing? <laughs> Bye. Okay. So, he says, the man who kills him, the king, will uh, enrich him with great riches. Give him a daughter, his daughter, and his father's house, exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the man and said, stood by and said, what shall be done for the man who kills? I'm about to give a rev to you about how you can access things that you've been secretly thinking of and thinking that it was unchristian to even talk about it, even pray about it. Say kill. It's only killers that apply for this. If you can't kill, you'll have to just watch us. Kill. Kill. <laughs> well, the devil comes knocking on my door and says, I want to I want to mess with your daughter and get her pregnant at 13. I'm not gonna say, um, excuse me, can you just wait at the door? I'm gonna I'm gonna kick him in his face. Now, I'm talking about the enemy, right? Mind you, sometimes a young fellow that's messing around, you need to kick his backside. You know? <laughs> Get out of here. Um, <laughs> protect your daughter. Too loose these days. Half of you don't even know what your kids are doing. Go there, preachers. Go there. Go there. It'd be good if some of you men and fathers or your daughters go and visit the guy that's touching you. Put on one of our patches, two tangata. Iwi tapu. Garb up and go with a tomahawk. Put it up to his neck. You been, you been messing with my daughter, boy? No, Mr. Smith. <laughs> no. All over his hands. He's got big makeup on his hands. He's got red lipstick on his cheeks. <laughs> Bring back. Good daddies. 
Come on, somebody. Bring back fathers who care for their children. And more than just pray for them and say, God's looking after you. She goes out there with a wicked little smile on her face. She's got that. Oh, I'll get off this. <laughs> get off this and get back here, Mr. Tamaki. All right. So, so great, great riches. All this sort of stuff. He said, what shall we do for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away this horrible stenching reproach on us as the people of God because this thing's defied the armies of the living God? And the people said, so be it to the man who does the business. <laughs> oh, gee. What shall we done for the man? Here's what I want to f- focus on this last little piece with you. What shall we done with the man? What shall we done for the church? What shall we done for the people? What shall we done for the, for the, for the lady, for the mum? What shall we done for the father? What shall we done for those? What's, what is this that in the middle of a very tense moment, in fact, the whole future of Israel is in the hands of a man who said that he's going to take care of this business, but he's too busy now while there's bellowing monsters out there, give me somebody who fight. I mean, really, that's not a time to talk about finances. Oh, I'm not allowed to talk about that in here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you, you think you know me? You thought I've heard about you, and I, yeah, you rob poor people. <laughs> Please, if you've got a plan how to rob poor people, because poor people, poor, P O O R, I thought Robin Hood robbed the rich. He didn't rob the poor because they didn't. Don't worry. So, just get away from there. So, what is he doing, negotiating, not even being a soldier himself? He's got cheeseburgers that he's long chucked on the ground. Supposed to be delivering cheeseburgers, McDonald's cheeseburgers, (laughs) to his older brothers. Sorry, I was having a moment so I can smile about this, because <laughs> of what we're going to enter into. <laughs> Smile. What is this, this cheeseburgers? And, he's got a, and his brothers, they just looked at him, and they thought, because his two older brothers were on the hill in fear. Here's the younger brother coming from the backside of the desert. They said, you should be back with the sheep. Where does a 17-year-old boy get this type of thinking? That, that, that he's, he's going to deal with the giant, but he's asking about the rewards. He's asking about the rewards. What's in it? Okay, here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt your Christian um, feelings. <laughs> he's inquiring about the money. What did I hear? He's, what he's doing is, is he's, he's, he's rechecking, he's coming back and, and he's just signing it off, making sure that he heard right, because you know what people are like. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give it, yeah, no, I'll, make, I'll do this, I'll promise that. Give. And then when the time comes to deliver, yeah. give, you're clapping, yeah, but you give nothing. Yeah. Okay. So he wanted to make sure. So what will be given to the man? So he's obviously talking about himself. <laughs> I love his, his, uh, his almost 
he's almost cocky to the point that you think this is almost this boarding on the line of super confident with his God because he knows his God. He's on a fence that it could almost just tip over. And a lot of us think he's an arrogant little boy because his brother's interpreted like that because later on, the older brother, Eliab, said, you're just arrogant. I know you. So obviously, David did not walk just like this now and suddenly gathered up all that courage in the moment. He had already pre-developed and prepared. He was already in the, in the space himself. What a, what, man, talk about 17 years old? <sighs> you know, 17 years old, he was, he was mature in spiritual age. A 70-year-old boy that had a 70-year-old spirit development. He was like, you can be 60 and have a little small spirit development of about 10. David wasn't 10 feet tall. Goliath was physically 10 feet tall. And I tell you what, David was 10 feet tall inside. Goliath was only an inch of a man inside. He was relying on physical Strength and he was imposing a physical force, flesh. David was a mover in the spirit. Come on now. And it all was packaged up and was already in him. He didn't even refer to God at any moment or any time in this. He didn't do what we do and say, let's pray and reach out to God. He didn't say, we need, to, we need to find out God's direction on this and get together with Saul. Saul, we can help you. No, he didn't even try to allay the fear. He didn't deal with his brother's problems on the hillside in fear. He only had one thing in mind. One kill to the prize. Come on. Come on. Churches don't have that on their minds. Not today. Kill, get the spoil. Kill, what's the reward? Kill it and get the reward. Kill that thing and get the prize. Kill it and get the souls. Kill it and get the money. Kill it and get all the booty. Kill it and get the land. Kill it and get the honey. That's it, kill it. The money. Money, honey. Honey, I'm sorry. How, can, you, can you imagine this guy? It is almost, it is almost defies that the guy's in communication with God at all. We, we are starting to realize how religious that we may be that we don't think that we are. And I use that respectfully to us. I only want to help you. I'm not making you go out feeling, oh man, no, no, you should go out, woo! Because it's true. He did not do a prayer meeting. He did not do strategy. He, he was already packaged up inside. He just, he went within himself. And I know this because he had a time when his own soldiers were going to turn on him. When things start to go wrong, his, half of his army turned on him. Because the enemy robbed their families. Things started to go wrong. So David had nobody to encourage him. There is a time when you feel like there is just nobody that understands what you are going through what you need right now. And listen, I'm going to tell you, you don't need anybody else when these types of times come along. We need encouragement from each other. Man, it's great to be with the brotherhood. I love the church about the network, the family, the encouragement. 
But I'm telling you right now, the best pieces of breakthrough that a father can get and a mum can get and a pastor can get and a people can get and a church can get and a business person can get and whatever you're into, sometimes you just have to do it alone, all by yourself, with yourself and through yourself. He encouraged himself in the Lord in a desperate moment when even his wife couldn't encourage her, when her husband can't encourage her, when your children can't, when your pastor doesn't know. It ain't their fault, but God is teaching you something about what's inside of you that you have yet to use, you have yet to touch, that's yet to be unlocked, but I'm unlocking it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You've got it in you to encourage yourself. Inject yourself with courage. He got up and he said, Lord, shall I pursue? And the Lord said, that's better. Come to me on the ground there, groveling and saying, I'm, I'm out of it, Lord. I'm quitting, Lord. I'm depressed, Lord. And they're valid things I'm not getting. But I guess sometimes you've just got to pull from within. I faced, that's why I'm talking like this, and I've faced many times where I've, I was, it was all with me, and I'm totally inadequate. I've said more than once, I'm quitting. Dear didn't quite mouth it to God because I know what he would do. He'd just put his hand over my mouth, turn me over, and whack. <laughs> but what you can't release before me you can release before God. You know, I can talk to him straight. You can't lie to him, so it's good. I'm just hacked off with you. I'll let you into my ward. I'm, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. <laughs> I get mad sometimes. Like, I'll tell him. Why? Why is that happening? Give me an answer. I serve you hard. I give my life for it. And you don't even, no, 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 and I, way I go, you know, I look back now, and it's kind of like stupid. <laughs> In hindsight, it's, oh, it's here, yeah, the pleasure of hindsight. But you think, why, why did I do that, talk like that? But you know what? Those are the moments where you can have that, that catharsis, that, that pent up. That's why a lot of angry people are walking around. No relief valve. And they really can't do it with people because people don't understand the whole deal of what's going on inside. That's why, that's a good thing about introducing people. The peace of God is not about just peace that he brings into their lives and their hearts, but it's the peace about being with a father that you can, you can share your heart, share your deepest secrets, share your lies, share your problems, and he won't condemn you one bit. He's the only one I know that won't crush you, won't send you away with some second thoughts about you. He knows all about you. He wants you to talk to him. Tell him, spew to him. David, the Psalms are full of David's e emotional catharsis, the mental cleansing, the psychological, opening the prison doors of my psychological pain. Overthinking. Mental monsters from the past. Just won't let you go. That's a giant. You've got to kill him. If you have to enact it, I don't know, you might have a way, okay, I'm going to do what this guy said, and, and stab it. You know, the, the bad memories of your past, stab it. 
thrust it through the sword and said, you ugly little monster. You've messed my life up. You've made me sullen. You've made me depressed. And you, you've stopped my happiness from flowing. You've stopped me from communicating and relating with people. You filthy little monster. And I throw him down. You filthy little monster of stinginess. Stab him in the eye, that one. <laughs> Poke his eyes out. Pull his tongue out. You stingy mongrel. You made me hold my money. <laughs> yeah. That's why God's work not only can't happen, that's why sometimes people are living at dimensions and levels that they should be better on. You know, you've got to slay your giant. Slay Goliath. Kill him. Say kill. Kill. The monster. The monster. In my head. In my head. Come on, give the Lord five minutes of clap praise. All right. Okay. All right. Time up. I've got three or four minutes. I'm going to tell you this, that David was negotiating his prosperity for the future. It's amazing that he, God had plans. You see, if you see the monster, the giant as a problem, then you're in trouble. Because the giant wasn't a problem. The giant was a promotion. David didn't see the giant as a problem. It was a promotion. And if you saw more of your problems as promotions then you'll tackle that thing without groaning and grizzling about it and with a lot more enthusiasm and energy because behind the giant was all of the wealth, the treasure, the 400 souls and men he was going to train and the future kingdom was not on this side of the giant, it was on the other side of the giant. That giant was guarding his future. That giant was guarding treasures. You can't just pray your spoils to come in, Lord, and drop it from the clouds. I've tried that for a few years. Led by some people who did meant well, but gave us false information. God has never handed me a, a bill out from the clouds from his hand. Came from people. Let's get real now. God's, God's provided through you. The gifts and the talents don't come out of the clouds. They're in people. Land is in the ownership of not demons. Demons that are in people. Somebody come to see, don't you deliver people anymore? Don't you pray for healing anymore, Bishop? Don't you do this and do that? And I said, yep, I found something, another way better. I don't need to keep trying to waste myself out, exhausting one person. Give him a prophecy and put my hands all over, massage him. Let him flip him over into the aisle. And I'm not, I'm not belittling that sort of stuff, but I'm just saying I've moved on. It's, it's, that's 80s. I see more people, the greatest miracle I can do is to save a life. If I save that man, that woman, that family, the greatest deliverance they've received is Jesus Christ himself. You want to do it that way, you can be you spend a whole, whole lifetime with this fellow over here trying to get him right, and that lady over there, their family. Because the next thing hops up, their dependence. Their dependence is not on God. It's on the man who's doing all the... And contrary to what they said, I don't want anybody relying on me. Man, I, once I do this, I'm busy. I'm lying on the beach. I'm eating grapes, 
Pig hunting. I'm enjoying life with my grandchildren, playing with my great-grandchild. If you message me, I'll probably give you a thumbs up. That's the only thing I say. I'm not really like that. I'm not cold like that. I've worked hard all my life. I've, I've visited people. We've had dinners with many. Church didn't grow just because I sat at home and just waited. And I lead by example, so I don't get this wrong. For every bit of ground I've got, I've had to kill and work for. But just let me finish with this. You see, there's something that we forget. The treasure is guarded by a giant. The giants of politi politics and politicians and the giants of social nightmare, social destruction. Giants that are killing our families, killing our children. Giants that stand over what used to be once our possession, stolen, taken, abused and misused by people who say they're working for you, but they are not. You think it's hard for a person that's got Christ in their life to give regularly and tithe for the rest of their life? Well, think about a person who doesn't have Christ in their life and says he's the finance minister of the country. Yeah, you fellas give more thing to that. How, I know some information that I could let it out it would take some down. But I can't blow my cover because I get into some national meetings and labor. I get in with, I mix with all sorts of people. Hannah and I, it's our business, my business to know what they're doing. And let me tell you right now, you think they're your friends? You think that's your supply? They, that, that belongs, I'm gonna finish like this. He said, what, what is the reward for the man that does the business of changing lives? Because I understand that the church is a slave to the social service department. They attacked us about our, you thinking about the IRD or the Inland Revenue coming in to do a whole swoop of my, they did it for, they, this is about the third time they've done it. And every time they've gone through the end of it all, they say it's immaculate. The books are awesome. Now they're thinking of you know, the news and they put it out on the TV that we now lost our tax exempt status. Lies. We haven't. I've been strutting around doing this. I've been doing this for 38 years. I wouldn't be riding around every town like that, mixing with police and lad, helping us save souls if I was a crook. Gee. But I'll tell you what. If I was the devil and I had all this general sitting in a little wee thing here, <laughs> and he standing, he said, "Right, it's how we attack. Leave the politicians; they're already ours. Leave all those in the clubs and pubs; they're already ours. Leave the main a lot of churches; they're already ours. But I damn hate that Brian Tamaki. I hate Destiny Church." I hate Bay City Church. Oh, I hate that Mike Connell. He just doesn't stop. He doesn't quit. He just keeps talking about sons and daughters and the possum. And his little son, he's raised a little thing after him. Don't worry about attacking the street people, the drunkards and those in prison. They're already ours. But I don't like this, this Tabaki fellow. He's raiding our cities. He's raiding the pot. He's on to government. He's on to their thing there. He's taking our booty. He even has a gas 
audacity to come into a church and say, kill us? He's telling his people, kill us. That's what you do, boss. Shut up. He's telling demons, kill them, kill them. For years and years and years, the church is saying, we pray for you. Please, giant, go away. Don't hurt my daughter anymore. Giants haven't moved. Hasn't moved for decades in the family. Centuries in some bloodlines. Let me finish with this. They got our treasure. Big giants, big giants don't guard small treasure. If you haven't got that type of resistance, forget it. Don't fight that battle because there's no spoil worth it. The toughest resistance, the most haranguing criticism, where you are mocked, where you are exposed, I don't need to give you perils about Jesus. Shout it from the rooftops when I go on, he said. He said, take it to the streets. His last words, go recruit the whole world and make them my disciples, and I'll be with you. That's, he's a radical revolutionary, really, 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 really. Just listen, let me get this finally through. I'll let you go and have lunch, and I'll meet you tonight. Bring your mates. Gonna have fun tonight, I'll tell you. Listen to this, listen to this. He said, behind that giant, behind our giant, and I kill the giant, I got 400 men who are distressed, discontented, and they're in debt. What? What will you give the man who kills this thief? And the king said, wasn't even God, it's the king. Come from another person within the he said, I'll enrich you with riches. God is about to change our financial future. I said, God is about to change your financial future. God is about to change your financial future. I mean it. God is about to change the financial fortunes of your life. No more debt. No more struggle. Not only does... Not only does God want His church to be struggling, that's why, look, that's why we're slaves to the social services, to any political regime. They use the church. How is it that you come and you press my button, you accuse me of this stuff, that you come and you want to swoop in and they, they, the top lawyer works for us and they, we had the top accountants here, they went through it all and they, then they said, oh, now we want to do one on Brian Tamaki. Come in. They did it for a week. Had great laughs with them, some of us, and they were laughing away there. He said, this is good. It's one of the best we've seen. Isn't that funny? So I said, can we put a press release out or tell the news now to tell everybody that we're not taking off and it's all good, that we lied? You're actually, first of all, you are guilty till you're proved innocent. And when you are, they go quiet. I'm not trying to convince you anything. I'm just telling you what's going to happen to you. you. You listen to this. So we are out there and I'm turning people's lives around, and many of us, these, we're working to turn people's lives around that were destructive to their communities, yeah. selling meth and dope, yeah. violence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about thousands of lives, Pastor, that we've turned around, and they don't pay a single dollar toward me to do that. Yeah. 
No, hold on, hold on, don't, don't go this way. This is my, this is my punchline and I'm out. They don't, they don't give me a single dollar, they don't give you, I don't know if you get some, some do, the, the more, the, 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 anyway, I'm just saying they don't give a single dollar for turning his lives around and yet to, to, to keep one inmate, prisoner, in prison of your taxpayers' money is now getting out of control. It's over, it's almost $200,000 with all the cost in it per inmate. They got uh, over 12,000 inmates and they can't fit anymore under the size of a, of a reasonably small town in New Zealand to, to mid-range town is locked up. Just down the road from my church, they got a, the Woody Prison. It prisons uh, for men, a man's prison. Just down the next door to it is a woman's prison. And I'm telling you the truth, just down from that is the youth prison. And there is cases of whole families locked up. Father, mother, and the, the boys are in the youth prison. We, we, we go there and we know and we, we're working with some of this. It is, the, the social crisis is more horrific than you're actually being led to believe. So here's what I'm telling you. And I'm then, and then pass on. So we are doing their job in a sense, and I'm not saying it's their job because we know they can't change a heart. They're doing their best for all the social workers, and I commend you highly, and all those that have a genuine desire to help people, they, the departments, I'm not criticizing that, but I am talking this, that if you took the church's contribution, general, away from the input they have to keeping peace in society, the social, social order, and the, the things that we do, voluntary, they say, hmm. well, I'm about to attack this whole business of you and I being slaves. We've just had the first trickle from a major politician who wants to see me early September to talk about the successful Man Up Legacy Program. Now, this revelation helps me to say, after I talk and we get sweet and they're ready to take it, because most times they, they got their, they, their millions and millions and multi-millions goes to billions to even building a cage to hold a man into, to, 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 degradation, strip him down of his self-image, take away and wrap up his potential and lock it down. And they spend billions and millions of dollars on failed programs. They themselves admit, I've got information on the inside, millions of dollars, there are 300,000 workers for government that are paid money just to tick boxes and to go around and do all the stuff, the, the bureaucracy, and maybe there's a need for that, but I, I'm, I'm suspicious like you that there's a lot of people running around who don't know what to do next. Because the social disasters tell me, see that, that the whole Northland, we're up there next week. I'm taking my, my riders and we're going through Kaikuhi, Kaitaia, uh, all across to the east and the north of Northland. I'm going, uh, going up that place there. Because, because it's near a social disaster, there's a crisis. And that's your responsibility too, not just mine. It's every, every God-giving, giant killing, Son of God. I'm going to tell him, okay, it's working. You don't want to even acknowledge it. They, there's, there's people, they don't want to acknowledge it. It's all over the place. It's doing, it has been measured as being the most effective to reducing recidivism, reoffending. I've got some of these guys that can come up and stand up with me right now. 
who got 40 years of prison terms between just three of them, four of them. And if they started talking and telling their lives, you'd be going like, phew, I'm glad he's off the streets. If they, if I got thousands of if this this government P-I-S-S-E-D me off, is P-I-S-E-D. Sorry, gosh, I'm in the church. I didn't swear. If they P-I-S-S me off, sorry, I might say to them, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to loose a thousand nightmares back into the community. Go ahead, boys. Sell some more meth. Sell it in the Hawks Bay. Go down there and rip somebody's throat off and whatever else. Go back and do your climbing to people's houses. Go back and be a threat in your nice little community. Where are you getting this from, Bishop? I just read to you. He stops in the middle of battle. He says, what will be done for the man who, who kills your pain? who takes away your problem, who deals with all of this, because I want to know before I go any further what I'm going to get for doing the job. Now we call it partnership, not slaves. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, things are going to change. It's going to turn around. God is doing something right now. Stand to your feet. Come on, somebody. Shout, clap. Tell the Lord you are coming. I'm going to kill the giant. He's gone, it's over! Hey, here's what I want to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every man, every person, every outside there in the foyer, in the breakout room. Lord, in the name of Jesus, today we've heard something. My, my spirit's alive, my heart's on fire. There's something stirring. Lord, raise up here giant killers of the Hawks Bay. Raise up people who are ready to go and get back what belongs to us. And I'm telling you, giant, I'm taking all the spoil. I'm taking back all that you stole, my land that you took. You took our money off us. You took our houses off us. You took our life away from us. You stripped us of our future. I'm prophesying it's changing right now in the name of Jesus. There's coming a day and it's upon us right now where your houses are going to be built and people are building your houses right now and you'll be shifting into mansions. For Joseph, he was a prisoner and he turned into a prime minister. He was a prince. I'm going to tell you right now, your money's coming back to you. All that the enemy has taken away. God didn't save you to be busted and broke and down. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying over your life right now. It's going to change for the church. We're no longer, we're not your slaves. We ain't your slaves. We are sons of the Most High God. And if we take away your pain in the name of Jesus, it's going to change and it's turning around. The land is going to come back and it's going to be in the possession of the people of God. Your sons and your daughters are going to come back to you. Our sons and our great-grandsons and our great-great-great-great-grandchildren shall not live in the degradation of the tormentation of the giants in your life, tormenting day and night. I want it right now for you. If you've never yelled out of your mouth, yell right now. If you're a quiet person. Woo! Yes, sir. I shout for my victory. My finances are changing. The reward is coming. What is my reward? Hallelujah. I'm not fighting any battle that does not have spoils, but I ride down here and then come here to preach. 
to go pig hunting, Pastor. I've got to tell you, I, I misled you. It's not the pigs. I've come down here because there's a battle. And, and Hastings is going to come into your hand. And then the East Coast. And it's going to move right around. And neighbor, there are hungry people here. We've come in. We've just opened a, a wee piece of it. But it's ready to be harvested. Mike, Michael, are you here too? Michael Mahoka, are you over here? You come over here and you stand too, Mike. And you're, you're working together because it's about allies. It's about brothers together. It's about working this thing together. So I'm saying to you right now, you come over close together, that you shall work as brothers. Listen, the world, you got to understand that the world is black. The world is white. Yeah, yeah. Because it's heavenly and ivory. And now with the twin ministry of this, you're going to take the bay out. And we work together. We collaborate. We are in it together. And we will change it. Nobody else is going to change it like you're going to change it. Today, sir, you are going to be a commander in the army of God. You're going to be a commander in the army of God. And the two of you will set a light. When you drop the giant, you make sure you it, negotiate and say what's in it for us I need some new things around here, I need to send some full time ministries out here, I need to pay for some full time man up the facilitators we need to get our money back, they expecting us to run on fresh air and be slaves the slavery day is over for the church hallelujah hi Some things I'm not even saying necessarily to you. You just listen. I'm putting it in the atmosphere. Right. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. See you tonight. 6.30. 6 o'clock. Okay. We'll get the other part of you that you didn't quite catch on this first part. We'll finish it. Absolutely hungry. Hungry. 
not full, perishable food, but hungry for the word of God like you've never been before. Okay. Turn to the neighbor next to you and say, I always knew a giant killer was in you. It's coming out. Thank you.